Welcome to Rock Candy. Hi. Welcome again. 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 Because much like Deja Vu, this has happened before. This has happened before, hasn't it? Oh, because the file got messed up. Yeah, we did the entire episode and it was all fucked up. So now we're doing it again. I just want you to know, we fucking love you because we're doing this again. (laughs) And we're kind of drunk already. And we already made all the good jokes. We're going to try to remember them. But now you're just going to get secondhand rehashed jokes. It's not going to be as good. It's not, no, but it's we're going to try. Or maybe it'll be better. Who knows? Maybe we'll be better this time around. Um, I'm even breaking my rule and letting the dogs out. And like yeah, my dogs do- are just putzing about right now. Yeah, you'll so. probably hear uh, Godzilla munching on whatever he's munching on right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I didn't give him anything, so I don't know what he's eating be interesting yeah whatever i've given up all right welcome to rock candy your weekly sweet treat of music stories and shit and just... <laughs> we did it already we're so sorry this is Look, my third beer right now no this is your just... is this your third is this our third fuck it yeah it's our third i'm maggie i'm ashley and three beers deep ashley we are three beer well we're two and a half and this week and I feel bad, too, that this happened on this week because this was our fan service yeah. episode. We were finally giving you folks what you wanted. We had at least five people ask us, and we're giving it to you. Weird Al Yankovic. Yay. <laughs> I was so much more enthusiastic the last time. I am me... enthusiastic about it, but I'm sorry. I've heard all of this before. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to have to both. You know what? I'm going to speak better, and you're going to react better, and it's going to be great. And these people haven't heard it yet. That's true. Or you've heard it a billion times. You're either a huge Weird Al fan, or you aren't at all really aware of who Weird Al is. Yeah. And in that case, what's going what on? What are you doing? What are you doing? Get out of here. Get, get, look at your life. Look at your choices. <laughs> look, if you don't know who Weird Al is, again, what are you doing? He is a singer-songwriter musician. He creates parodies of popular singles, as well as creates satirical songs based on things happening within the pop culture scene or music, as well as known artists. So, does a little bit of everything. If you haven't heard him, maybe take a hot break. Go listen to him. It's some good stuff. He has been Grammy-nominated for Best Comedy Album several times, but he's only won it twice with Poodle Hat and Mandatory Fun. He also won a Grammy for Best Comedy Recording with Eat It!, as well as Best Concept Video with the video Fat. And while this maybe doesn't impress you, I'd like to think that by the end of the episode, you'll come out seeing that Al is pretty damn talented to be able to come up with his material. He writes his own music with really strict confines by making all these parodies, and he's stayed relevant for nearly 30 plus years. It's like, this guy is legit. At the very least, maybe you'll come out feeling a little hungry. True. A lot of his songs songs are about food. food. Seriously though, like reading his stuff, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to eat something now. I kind of want ice cream. Yeah, right. I kind of want some, kind of some chicken pot pie, <laughs> and just eat it. Just eat it. So, born Alfred Matthew Yankovic on October 23rd, 1959, making him a Scorpio. Yay! And also, as I die now. Oh, it's Same my birthday as your my grandfather's birthday, yeah. Found That's... that out when we recorded that the first time. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm going to be so bitter about this. <laughs> so fucking bitter. All right. To his parents, Mary and Nick, he was raised as an only child in Linwood, California, 
It's just north of Compton, but don't expect any fuck the police type of stories in this because this is about as Wonder Brand bre- white bread as they come. I feel like Weird Al probably had a really good relationship with the cops in his hometown. <laughs> oh my God. He probably was like, hi, sirs. And they're like, hello, Alfred. I couldn't remember if it was Albert or Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. Again, two and a half beers in. Hello, Alfred. How are you today? Mm, good, sirs. Getting good grades in school? Always. But, like, Good seriously, job. though, he was a smart freaking kid. Al is the first to tell you that there's no dark skeletons in his closet. He doesn't swear in his music. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He's not a crazy sex fiend. He's not known for having, you know, no crazy major scandals. Orgies. He has no major scandals. Like, this guy is as clean as they come. He is the very definition of straight light. Straight life. Straight life. Straight life. I mean, I know you meant straight edge. Oh, straight laced. Straight laced. Also straight edge. Yeah. Possibly. He could rock that. Uh, He had loving parents who were always very supportive and protective of him. And while he was a bit of an oddball in comparison to the kids in his class, he owned it and had a confidence that seemed hard to shake. This kid skipped kindergarten and second grade. And he graduated valedictorian Nerd. of his class when he was 16. <laughs> you know, this kid's smart. And on top of being smart, Al is a very hardworking person. Yes. He takes after both of his parents. His father, Nick, was a World War II vet. He worked as a medic in the field and saw some pretty horrific stuff. However, he kept a pretty cheerful personality despite it all. And after everything he had seen, it just developed into a dark sense of humor that Al would inevitably pick up. And you can definitely hear that in his music. His mother, Mary, was a bit more quiet and reserved, but she had her own way of showing her personality. She was a stenographer who would write little notes to Alan Code that he would have to decipher. You can see how this would develop his clever ways of writing as his time goes on later in life. And he would just find random notes from his mom written in code. Real cute-like. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. It's a fun puzzle. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Most fans know the classic story of Al starting his journey into music when his parents enrolled him in to start accordion lessons right before his seventh birthday. In a world where kids were dreaming about being the next Elvis or Beatle, Al's parents decided to keep their son humble with an instrument that would never get him the ladies on looks alone. Arguably the least sexy instrument. I don't know. There's got to be something that's less sexy. There's got to be. You know what? That's your challenge today, folks. Tell us, tweet at us, Instagram at us, Facebook at us, whatever, what you think the least sexy instrument is. There's got to be something. There's got to be something. (laughs) Anyway, so probably, though, was because they wanted another accordion-playing Yankovic in the world. You know what? Kazoo. Kazoo's not sexy. You think so? I don't think the kazoo is sexy. I don't. Maybe? Yeah, probably not. Maracas are pretty sexy. <laughs> not the kazoo. Yo, you know what's real hot, though? The maracas. Yep. Yo, a tambourine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> His parents were fans of American polka musician Frankie Yankovic, to whom they had absolutely no relation. So there could be a chance that... They were motivated by him. I mean, do they actually know that there's no relation? Because it's a pretty, you um, know, 23 and me. Do it. Hey, Weird Al, do 23 and me. I want to know if you you're prob- related. You probably are related. I, maybe, that is not a normal last name. Of course, Al is known for being a hard worker. 
and practicing accordion was no exception. And while he became quite the squeeze box player, he wanted to bring his own spin to the instrument. At the time, his favorite album was Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, so he decided to learn every song from it on the accordion. This way he could figure out how to perform rock and roll on an instrument that's really meant for polka and nothing else. And that's really not easy. No. And like translating somebody somebody else's song into right. a song to be played on an instrument it wasn't written for right. is not easy to do. And like, let's take a hot second. The accordion is not an easy instrument. No, not it at all. It is a very complicated instrument. There's buttons and keys. There's squeezing <laughs> and squozing. Squozing's not a There's word, <laughs> but you're welcome. They're squeezing and squozing. That, like, those are squozing technical. would be the opposite of squeezing. Squeezing squozing. is in, and then you pull out squozing. Squeezing squeeze and squozing. <laughs> And then the buttons. And then the, there's buttons that change keys. It's complicated. It's, no, seriously, I've tried to play the accordion. It's fucking hard. But no, but seriously, like, try any, that's why there's so many covers that are really good. And there's a lot of covers that are really bad. Because some people just have a knack for translating songs that have already been written by somebody yeah. else and translating them into their own version of it. Some people just really aren't good at it. Right. Some people think, oh, this is the chord. I'll just play it. Like, ooh, but like there's more than that. Yeah. And Weird Al has definitely proven himself to be a master of translating songs to an instrument it's not meant to be played on. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know, and it's this is really how he taught himself to deconstruct different styles of music. Yeah. You just you learn it and then you say, this is how it's played. Okay, how can I yeah. um, incorporate this? And if these notes don't necessarily match up, what can I do to make it sound like the original? Right. And this really did him a lot of favors, not in just making his parodies, uh, his straight to exact mm-hmm. parodies, but also um, the in-stylings of. He has a lot of those. They're p- the pastiches, as you would say. Throughout his album, he has a lot of original songs, but they're in the stylings of different artists, and it ranges from Devo to Ben's Fold to B-52s to Nine Inch Nails, and it's just there's so many. Mm-hmm. Just Cake, like, there's just a bunch of bands, and it's amazing the way he's managed to do it. It's just impressive that not only does he have the strict confines of, I have to make this song and I have to follow this flow, but then it's, I'm going to make this song in the styling of this person. So while it's going to be my song, it's really going to be their song. Right. It's it's crazy. So Al attended college at California Polytechnic State University to major in architecture. But music was co- quickly becoming his true passion. But he was a realist and wanted to be able to land a good job should things not work out. You got to have that plan B. You got that plan B, though. He's like, I'm not fucking around with this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a plan B in order. So at this point... Al had many satirists that he looked up to who inspired him to find the humor in music, namely Frank Zappa, Tom Lehrer, Shel Silverstein, and many more. But his biggest influence had to be Dr. Demento. For those not in the know, he is a radio personality with a syndicated comedy show called The Dr. Demento Show. Original. (laughs) (laughs) There he would play funny songs, parodies, and sometimes fake news segments or interviews and just... All around just good fun, like SNL on the radio. Considering how much Al admired him, it's no surprise that after he recorded his first song, Belvedere Cruisin', which was named after his family car. I really wish it was named after Mr. Belvedere. I mean, I bet he could do a parody of his parody. (laughs) My God. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just gets so prolific. He starts doing parodies of his own parodies. Blah. You start playing the Inception Weird Al music. Inception. Please forgive Weird like, my Inception. voice. My voice is shot this episode. <laughs> I got con scum. It's fine. So he submitted Belvedere Cruisin' to the Dr. Demento show. And while the doctor wasn't blown away by the song, he definitely thought it was good enough to put on the air. And thus Weird Al was beginning to flow into the ether. Apparently, Al got a wag of the finger from Demento when, in a blatant move of vote fixing, he and his friends continued to call and write in so that Al's song could be in the Funny Five countdown. Demento. <laughs> who doesn't do that, though? Right? Like, who doesn't do that, though? Of course, you're going to tell your friends to call But up I think and it vote. was like a little, it must have just been a little bit much because Demento wrote him a letter saying, quote, I can take a certain degree of ballot box stuffing. But only so much. So they might have just been, like, taking the <laughs> piss out of it, I imagine. Yeah. But hey, good for Weird Al, because that means he's got a lot of sweet friends. Right? And he also has enough faith in himself to be like, you know what? I'm good enough for this. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so this, however, did not waver Dr. Demento's appreciation for the work that Al was doing, and he encouraged him to continue to send his music in, mm-hmm. no matter what. So... This exposure motivated Al to start doing open mic nights at the campus coffee house from time to time. He was accompanied by his dorm mate, Joel Miller, on bongos. Because what <laughs> goes best with an accordion? The fucking bongos. The fucking bongos. He also thought it would be a fun time to DJ at the university's radio station, KCPR. There he started to go by the name Weird Al, a nickname his peers came up with for obvious reasons. Clearly. Yeah. They really didn't have to think too hard for that one. They did not. Yeah, he was classically known as just being... Joel Miller himself said, you know, sometimes they would just say hi and he would just give them a weird smile and a weird face and walk away. And they're like, that guy's so weird. He's weird. That's a weird I feel like a lot of my friends are kind of like that. (laughs) You know, again, I feel like Weird Al would have been one of those guys in high school that, like, I was pretty good acquaintances with. You know, maybe I invited him to my birthday party. Yeah. You know, or like... You'd hang out at your locker with him and be like, hey, how you doing? But, like, you never really knew a lot about him. Yeah. I feel like that's who Weird Al is. He's that kid that you tried to be good friends with in high school, but he was just so detached and weird that you couldn't touch him. Just, like, always one one step removed. Yeah. Like, he was watching everything from the outside, like, fuck you, suckers. I know what's going on. And you don't. And I didn't. (laughs) So, in 1979, Al was struck with the desire to parody a popular song with the next My Sharona, the current earworm hitting the airways. And as I mentioned before, quite a controversial song. Which I did not now, know, as said, stated before. Quite clearly written about a much younger lady. Did not know that. Pretty creepy. Gross. It'll it'll change your viewpoint on my Sharona. Again, like I said, I feel like up until about the mid to late 90s, it was pretty okay to just date 15-year-olds. I, and R. Kelly still thinks it is. Like, somebody really needs to talk to R. Kelly about that. Yeah, he needs to stop it. Yeah, my Sharona. Uh, remember when Reality Bites came out and it, like, gained uh, popularity again? Sure. Did you never see Reality Bites? Is that the one with Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller, Ethan Hawke, uh, Winona Ryder, Ryder, and uh, Janine Garofalo. Nope. Oh, wow. (laughs) You (sighs) seem genuinely blown away by that. Because I would have thought, 
I don't know why, but I would have thought you would have seen Reality Bites. But anyway, in the it came out in the 90s, and there was a very famous scene when they're dancing in a convenience store to My Sharona. Oh. And, like, My Sharona really took off again in the 90s because of that movie. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with this, so continue. <laughs> again, people, three beers deep. It's been, it's been a night. Uh, so one day at the college radio studio, he took his accordion into the bathroom, which had only the best in echo acoustics, and recorded My Bologna. <laughs> it was an immediate hit on the Dr. Demento show. Of course it was. Of course it was. Which, My Bologna goes against everything we were ever taught on how to say baloney. Well, yeah, and I don't... I've never said bologna I've either said bologna or bologna. Your mouth is like, no, don't say that. It's wrong. At least that's how I feel anyway when I say it. Despite his reserved demeanor, Al had enough chutzpah to introduce himself as the author of My Bologna to the Knack when they came to perform at his college. He apparently also sent it to them earlier and they genuinely enjoyed it. As they should. They were pretty big fans of it and suggested to their label Capitol Records to record it as a single. And once that happened... Al started to believe that he had a legit shot at this music thing. And it was funny because I guess Capitol Records only had him sign like a six month contract so that all he really could do was my bologna. Yeah, that's it. Because Al would go to them and say, but I have more songs like, that's cute. Yeah. Bye. Mm, look at my watch. Mm, Your time's about up. Yeah. So unfortunately, Capitol Records did not work out for Al, but... He finds his way. That's Spoiler cap- alert, he finds his way. That's, that's Capitol Records' mistake, though. Because yeah, he blew up. Yeah, you're lost. You're yeah. lost, Capitol Records. You're lost, Records. guys. You thought he was a one-off. Little so, did you know. However, <laughs> things really got kicked into 12th gear when he went on to the Dr. Demento show to record a new demo live on the air. While he was practicing outside the sound booth, he was approached by a man who was said he was a drummer and he could bang on Al's accordion case to keep the beat while he played because the next step from bongos is clearly someone beating on your fucking accordion case. <laughs> also, that just sounds like a creepy story. It's like some dude coming hey. up like, hey man, hey man, I'm a drummer. I heard you need a drummer. But you know what? I feel like this works for Weird Al. Yeah. Like real good. Is that how Weird Al gets all of his friends? Yeah, probably. I think. Anyway, so Al agreed, and from that day on, John Bermuda Schwartz became the drummer of Weird Al Yankovic's band. Wait, his last name is Schwartz? Schwartz. Oh my god. Do you get it now, John Bermuda <laughs> Schwartz? Oh, I didn't realize you didn't get oh, it Oh, no, I thought, I thought his nickname was Bermuda Schwartz. But it's John Bermuda Schwartz. But his last his name, name is Schwartz. Schwartz. Oh, fuck me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Because, of course, Weird Al's going to call him Bermuda Schwartz. This is just a very, actually, this is a very punny episode. I don't know if, if Weird Al actually came up with that nickname or if he came to him with it, but. Um, I came with the nickname. <laughs> you know, I'll be your drummer, but I come with this nickname. I mean, I'll, I'll bang on your fucking accordion case, but you gotta call me Bermuda Schwartz. <laughs> Oh god, I hope See, I my hope only requirement. I hope that's the fucking story. You hope it's the it. case. You oh, hope it's the accordion case. <laughs> anyway, three beers deep. Mr. B- Mr. Bermuda <laughs> Schwartz still plays with him today. Cuz you can't even. We can't even. 
We can't even. His his name is Bermuda Schwartz. Oh He's God. not getting any other job. I feel like I feel like the next three pages you'll randomly be like, but Bermuda Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like this is a repeat of the fucking sexy sax episode. <laughs> oh God. That was so good though. So on that day, Hal recorded Another One Rides the Bus. A parody of Queen's Another One Bites the Dust. Another One Rides the Bus. Oh, so good, though. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Another One Rides the Bus. Because that's how I felt in New York City. Honestly, whenever I would get onto a fucking MTA bus, I was like, Another One Rides the Bus. Because it was awful. However, the record company he released it with, TK Rep- Records, went bankrupt two weeks after it came out. So initially he saw no royalties from that song. That is bad timing. Bad timing. Ooh. And of course, when he talks about it, he's like, eh, of course they went bankrupt afterwards. No big deal. Because he's fucking weird out and he doesn't give a fuck and it's kind of delightful. So Al graduates college and does some small time touring with Dr. Demento. He managed to catch the eye of Jay Levy, who convinced Al that he should do this for real and have an entire band backing him up. Jay became his manager, and soon they held auditions for spots that would be filled by Steve Jay on bass, as well as Jay's friend Jim West on guitar. But none of them have the nickname. No, Bermuda Schwartz. Bermuda Schwartz. But I will say, all of these people are still with him today. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing, especially in a world of bullshit music bullshit. Yeah. That these people are all still together, and they all still genuinely like each other. And probably spend holidays together like a fucking family. Aww. Family. Family. Woo-woo. Yo, why is there no ICP parodies, though? Because ICP is a parody of themselves. I feel like that needs to be an episode eventually. I don't want to do that. No. I kind of do. No, you don't understand. Because when I was a kid, I used to have, like, this recurring nightmare. (laughs) Stop! What? And... (laughs) In my nightmare, there was somebody with, fa- with face paint. Clowns are coming. That looked exactly like ICP. Stop. So it's like like flashbacks every time I see ICP. Magnets, what are they? Oh my god. <laughs> Magnets, fucking how do they work? How do they work? <laughs> so back to Weird Al. Together, they toured with moderate success. Except for the time when they opened for Missing Persons, mm. a new wave hard rock type band with a pretty serious following. And when I say serious, I mean they took this shit pretty seriously. They had no sense of humor. No, no. Weird Al should not have been opening for them, apparently. They were seriously not having it when they had to wait through an act called Weird Al performing before their Missing Persons. Oh, no. How dare you? Oh, they're fucking hipsters. Yeah, they kind of sound like goth hipsters. They sound like weird goth hipsters. Ugh. The new wave hipsters, which is probably even worse. Oh, 100%. They threw everything they could at the band. Food, coins, shoes. And the band was smart enough to pick up any loose change they found (laughs) on the stage. Just like actual objects. They didn't just throw like... Insults. Tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, they were insults. throwing objects. Like, I just imagine being, oh shit, is that a silver dollar? Get that! <laughs> to this day, if someone tells Al they saw him at the Missing Persons concert, he'll ask them, all in good fun, of course, oh, and what did you throw at me? Because <laughs> fucking guy is just too good. He's too good for this earth. 
The drunker I get, the more I'm convinced that Al is too good for this earth. <laughs> so this didn't slow him down, though. Al just kept coming with the hits. Next, he recorded the well-known I Love Rocky Road, parodied after Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. And also, before her, done by the arrows. Did not know that. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Except I already said it. But they don't, they don't know that. I know. I know. We keep saying, we said this last time, you don't know that. Now I'm like, I don't know if like it's finishing up this beer or whatever, but I'm starting to think like, no, this is like, this is like a do-over. This is like time travel. This is our mulligan. It's our mulligan. Butterfinger. Unfortunately, I think our last episode was pretty good. I, I think this is our mulligan. <laughs> Wolf. Soon Al was signed to Scotty Brothers Records, and in 1983, he released his debut self-titled album. So at the same time, a small cable station called MTV was also taking its first few baby steps. It had already been in production like, yeah. for like a couple years. Right, right, right. But still the early 80s. But it was 80s. still baby. Yeah, it was still trying to figure itself out. It was this, still falling on its face a lot. I think this was back in the walk. day when cable would actually like stop around midnight. Oh, wow. You know, like those days where TV yeah. would stop at a certain time. It would play the national anthem and then be like, fuck you, go to bed. MTV was looking for more material to showcase on their channel, and there appeared Weird Al. Now he could show off his talents of parody, not just musically, but visually as well. And with the help of music videos, Al was on his one-way track to becoming a household name. And if you watch his music videos, as well as his live shows, Al and his band are well known for doing pretty spot-on looks of whatever band they are spoofing, whether it be Michael Jackson, Guns N' Roses, or Devo, or whoever. Everything that they parody is a, just a true-to-form love letter to whoever they are parodying. Yeah. Parodying. Parodying. Fuck, I'm going to lose that word soon. Speaking of parodying mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, mm. we should mention... Yes. We are drinking Fat Tire by New Belgium. Yeah. Because fat... Because I'm fat. I'm fat. fat. You, you know, know it. it. Jump on. <laughs> Really, That's really fat. The best part, I think, of when Weird Al does Michael Jackson is he does the weird mouth noises that Michael Jackson made. And it's fucking hilarious. I just like his fat suit. Oh my god, the fat suit's the best. When he gets stuck in the turnstile is my favorite part of the video. It's he so was, good. Oh my god. And he would spend, he, he and his band spend so long in makeup and prosthetics for everything they do. Like, the level of dedication yeah. they have is goddamn admirable. It gets past the point of parody to tribute. Yeah. Really. It really is, though. You can never be mad at him for parodying your shit because mm -mm. he's gonna do you good. He is gonna do you respect. But so some people don't understand that. They don't. We'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so in addition to music videos, Al was also getting into video video as well. Film video? Film video. That makes more sense. Movie films. Movie movie video. God <laughs> the damn The moving pictures. Oh, he's in the moving pictures now. <laughs> rubbing my mustache. You can't tell. <laughs> in 1988, Al began to work on the film UHF, which was directed and co-written by Jay Levy. The film would not only star Weird Al himself, but also Kevin McCarthy, Michael Richards, and Fran Drescher. Despite the clever writing, talented cast, and high scores it got on testing groups, the film did not do very well at all. And this really sucked for the production company Orion because they were banking on it to bring them back to a high level of success that they were used to being on. 
And it did not. N- yeah, no. And I mean, that's not fair because UHF is a very good film. It's hilarious. At this it's point. It's stupid comedy. At this point, it's definitely a cult classic. Oh, for yeah. For sure. It's up there with Rocky Horror. It's just. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's fun. And it's, you know, yeah. it's that kind of, I'm having a good time. Don't stop me. <laughs> Come for me. I'm having a good time. Uh, Don't it, stop me now. I know. Oh because we're having such, such a good time. time. <laughs> that's that's probably what I, I don't well UHF came after that song but they go together really well they do <laughs> two great tastes that taste great together however it is a bit difficult to have a really good movie coming from a smaller budget when you are going up against Batman Ghostbusters 2 Lethal Weapon 2 and Honey I Shrunk the Kids on the same opening weekend you fucked up, Orion. All right, what are you doing? Choices. <laughs> Choices. Choices. But Cersei, though, what are you doing? Yeah. you. Batman! You done fucked up. The bat dance. It's, you, it's Think not about it. You don't have the UHF dance. Wait, didn't Prince do that? Prince did the bat dance, and he would never do a UHF dance. But we'll get to that. He shouldn't have done the bat dance. Honestly. I know, the bat dance was kind of... Terribly delightful. That video was pretty awful. But like, in a delightful way? I think so. Was it? Maybe. (laughs) It's weird. It's weird as fuck. It was weird. (laughs) Made me question what I was doing with my life, but. But you know, whatever. It's fine. So UHF, total bomb. And then here we have Al in the early 90s, falling into a depression after getting hit by some heavy blows. And before the failure of, of UHF, he was contractually obligated to put out another album, so he made Polka Party. And it was obvious he really wasn't feeling it at the time, so the album didn't do so hot. The hot single off of this album was Living with a Hernia, which is James a parody Brown. of James Brown's Living in America. Living with a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Like, he would genuinely make painful noises, which is hilarious. Here's like, Living with a Hernia is kind of a fucking hilarious song. Yeah. But at the time, it that, if that was the best he could do on that album, it just wasn't it wasn't enough at the time. Yeah. People want more. Yeah. And even and even Al came forward and said like I made it because I had to, not because I had a necessary need to make it. Yeah. Add that onto the bomb of his first attempt at movie making, and combine that with the fact that he turned down the opportunity to open for Michael Jackson on the European leg of his tour in order to make UHF. Oh, big mistake. Big mistake. Here's the thing, I love UHF, and everything ends up working out, but, like, shit, at the time... Yeah. Al must have felt terrible. Michael Jackson actually loved Weird Al. Absolutely. Yeah. He always loved the covers and the parody, and he loved the music and the videos. Because... Michael Jackson, kind of a kid at heart, but that's another kind topic of. for another day. It's kind of. Whenever I bring up the Jacksons, I'm like, I can't get into it right now. It's it's a heavy loaded topic. Anyway, to turn down the opportunity to go with Michael Jackson and get that much exposure, yeah, to end up having your movie bomb, that fucking sucks. Yeah, that's a real big. Real heavy boot to the nuts. It really is, though. So, 
Al was going for a last ditch effort to do a parody of Michael Jackson for a third time by turning black or white into snack all night. Still funny. (laughs) Still makes me laugh. We can laugh about it now. Because he didn't do it. Yeah. But at the time. Right. Despite Michael always being very open and supportive of Al's choices, he turned him down this one time. He didn't want the important message of race being lost in the Weird Al version. Because, I mean, he had a pretty heavy message with that song. So I I can understand why you wouldn't want it turned into a parody. Right. And, you know, there's... There's some songs which are just rife for parodying. Not Black, Black or and White. White's not one of them. It was kind of, you know, it, it was a straight up pop song. Right. But it had a heavy message, so. And even Al admits that that was a move of desperation. Yeah. That he is very grateful that Michael said no to. I mean. Michael Jackson least, did him a favor saying at, no. At least Michael Jackson had the foresight to be like, man, that's probably not a good idea. Like, A, that's not a good idea. B, come on, man. It's about race. Yeah. This Though, is important. I haven't eaten dinner, so snack all night sounds delicious. I'm so hungry. Oh, I should have had snacks. No, it's fine. <laughs> I can't. That's the one rule I won't break. I will never eat on mic with you guys. You're Oh, welcome. no. I mean, in between the madness, take, the fucked up take and the during take. During the eye of the hurricane, you mean? <laughs> I'm calling that the eye of the hurricane now. It's a nice people, peaceful moment to have a snack. It really, it would have been. Anyway, I digress. All seemed lost. Al didn't know what he was going to do. But then, as per every one of our episodes almost, came along grunge. <laughs> Can't go a whole episode without mentioning I think every grunge. other episode we mentioned grunge. Yes. Because grunge was fucking important, guys. Grunge wants it us to remember. It kind of was. Hey, guys, but I'm over here. I mean, grunge was kind of like the last major musical movement besides, mm-hmm. like, in- indie shit. It- poop. Indie I mean, poop. we like indie poop, though. <laughs> I like indie poop. I do, too. Grunge is really, like, a fucking staple in the zeitgeist of music. So Al heard Nirvana smells like teen spirit, and the muse became alive once more. (laughs) Now, Al always asks permission from the artist and their label to parody their work, but Kurt Cobain is a bit hard to track down. He's a bit elusive. A little bit. You don't say. He's a little bit of a recluse. Fortunately, Al is good friends with Victoria Jackson, because they were in UHF together, and then she was in... She was on SNL. SNL. She was, uh... High-pitched voice, curly hair, blonde lady. Yep, with glasses, usually, I think. Anyway, she was on SNL when, uh, obviously, Nirvana's making their big they debuts were performing. on yeah. SNL. Because that's another way you know you made it is when you're on SNL, I think. Anyway, she approached Kurt in his dressing room and asked him to call Al, and he had no problem obliging to that. And it turns out that he's actually a huge fan of the parody king and was flattered that Al would even ask him to parody a song. Because Kurt knows what's up. Because Kurt knows what's up. Knew what's up. Knew what's up. up. Mm. Why is... I, yeah, I don't know why, like, I can talk pre- past tense about a lot of people. Kurt Cobain, I'm just like... Because he's still here. In our, in our hearts. Our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So before <laughs> hanging up the phone, 
Kurt asked if the song was going to be about food. <laughs> and Elle said, no, it's not actually. It's going to be about how no one understands your lyrics. <laughs> and Kurt loved it. Kurt thought it was a great idea. And Dave Grohl, as you don't know, drummer of Nirvana, now lead singer of Foo Fighters. An all-around fantastic human being. And um, coiner of the term Fresh Pots. <laughs> we won't go in. Oh, we won't I, do it again. Not now. I want to, but we won't. We won't. Uh, but Dave Grohl was the one who classically stated that he knew they had made it when Weird Al covered one of their songs. Which has become a thing. It has. Like, most artists are like, oh, fuck, you want to cover my songs? Yeah. Al had such a love for the song and the video, he ended up using a good chunk of the extras from the original Smells Like Teen Spirit video in his Smells Like Nirvana I'm kind video. Of, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't wear the exact same outfit that Kurt Cobain wore. He does, like he, I think. No, I mean like the actual clothes. Oh, the actual clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But right, I think right. those were actually Kurt Cobain's clothes that he continued to wear after that. Oh, so. yeah. They definitely showed up in their own clothes and yeah. Al had to get his own threads. But like the janitor, some of the cheerleaders, they were all from the original video. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fucking rad. The song became the first single off Al's next album, Off the Deep End, which brought Al back on top of his game, going gold, and being claimed as his comeback album, even though he didn't really go anywhere. He just made him popular. And, but he was just kind of hanging out. Yeah. He, I think he was doing stuff for MTV He at plateaued, and this kind of shot him back up a little bit more. It gave him a nice little nudge back up there. Right. It also saw him producing for the first time. While he had nothing but respect for his original producer, Rick Derringer, he knew that he was far too particular to let anyone but himself put his music together. And I'll say it again, even though I said it in the last one, I won't let anybody touch my episodes because I need to edit them. It's your stuff and you know how you want it to People sound. People have said, you should just have someone, outsource someone to edit the episodes. I'm like, no, I can't because I know like what Ashley's going to like and I know what I'm going to like. So I can't have anybody else touch these. It's a matter of trust. Like really. I listen through them and I'm like, oh, she wouldn't want that in there. I'm going to take that out. Oh, right. I don't want that in there. Right. Oh, mouth noises. <laughs> so No. I get it, Al. Al, I get it. You can 100% respect someone's work, but at the end of the day, say, but I know how I want it to sound. And at the end of the day, you can be like, I don't want those mouth noises in there. So after this, he put out his following album called Alapalooza and included songs like Jurassic Park, a parody of MacArthur Park. But the real parody was in the music video, which is a hilarious claymation film of Al Yankovic's adventures in Jurassic Park. Another single off the album is Bedrock Anthem, which was a parody of Red Hot Chili Peppers' Under the Bridge slash Give It Away, and saw Al directing a music video for the first time as well. Good for him. And uh, yeah, Jack of all trades. Renaissance really man. Renaissance man. <laughs> Weird Al. Renaissance He kind of is, though. God damn it. Making me feel bad about myself. Uh, the video is actually really funny though. And he, Al, Weird Al even said, I had to go back and watch a ton of old Flintstones episodes. So I knew <laughs> my material, <laughs> but it's, it's filmed exactly like the give it away video. You know, they have the same type of makeup, the same crazy hair, but they're also dressed like Flintstones characters and cavemen. It's adorable and you should look it up. <laughs> While Red Hot Chili Peppers didn't mind, he covered it. They weren't really impressed either. Flea said, quote, I didn't think it was very good. I enjoy Weird Al's things, but I found it unimaginative. It wasn't that great. Yabba dabba do. I like Weird Al and everything, but you know, everyone is hit or miss. 
Except for me, of course. Please tell me how great you are, Flea. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't about California or heroin. Oh, so sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry Weird Al is not making album after album full of the same fucking song over and over and over again. Hey. So sorry. You know what's a great place? California. Is it? Uh, Apparently. According to Red Hot Chili Peppers and every dude bro that's ever lived. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But like, that's <laughs> why I was kind of glad to bring this up again. Because I'm like, brought up the first time she was pissed. Maybe she's been drinking. Maybe she'll, oh, she, I'm maybe pissed. she'll be even more. I, I don't, just don't like them. I don't I, dislike Red Hot Chili Peppers. <gasps> I dislike their fans. Because it's always a dude bro who's like, yo man, this song's so deep. It's also the same kind of dude bros that really like Sublime and Dave Matthews Band. So, really, I'm not taking their word for anything. I'm sorry. You have proved yourself <laughs> to be... To an unreliable narrator. An unre- God damn it. You have terrible taste in music, and I'm gonna walk away now. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. <laughs> well, speaking of people not really super impressed with what Al had to offer... In 1996, Al released Bad Hair Day, which I would argue solidified his place in the music industry. Absolutely. This was like peak Weird Al. It really was. And maybe it's just because we were in middle school and that's when you really start to have legit memories. And that's when you start to form your your musical taste for like the rest of your life, kind of. You really become your own person. Right. So hearing Bad Hair Day in middle school, I feel like it was all just a marriage of these perfect things at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. So the album included the song Amish Paradise, a cover of Coolio's Gangsta Paradise. And I vividly remember how popular this song got. Like it was to the point where it was on actual radio countdowns. Mm -hmm. Like higher than actual Gangsta's Paradise. I'm trying to remember if it was actually higher than Gangsta's Paradise. because. I think it came out, I mean, obviously it came out after Gangsta's Paradise, mm-hmm. but Gangsta's Paradise, I think, was still on the charts when oh, it yeah, came out. Oh, yeah, that was a fucking super popular oh, yeah. song. Oh, yeah. Holy, that was one of those year-long songs on the top ten, I feel yeah. like. And it it was helped by the fact that it was on a soundtrack also. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds. Which... It was That's a terrible it. movie, oh, I never but saw it. it was not good. Oh, okay. um, at least I didn't think it was very good. But it was on that soundtrack, and the movie propelled the single. Right, and then you know everybody kept it. They really helped each other. The movie yeah. helped the single. The single helped the movie. And then all of a sudden, here comes Weird Al. Like, well, I'm gonna do a parody, and people are like, "Yep, we're still here for this." Yep, yep, yeah. And I definitely remember. When I would hear it on the radio start, I would be like, is it Gangsta's or Amish? <laughs> Which Can't one is it? Tell. Can't tell. Until, until one of them started rapping. Yes. And it's so, I remember this song just being super fucking popular. But I'm sure you all know where I'm going with this. <laughs> At least anybody who knows their Weird Al lore. Even more than Flea, Coolio was very much not pleased with this reimagination. Suffice it to say... Coolio was not Coolio with this song. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we're done. That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) I'm too punny for this podcast. (laughs) 
So the story goes that Weird Al's record company asked for permission to parody the song, but Coolio told them no, but for whatever reason, it didn't make it back to Weird Al. So Weird Al goes ahead and he puts the song on the album and it becomes a huge hit. It's really hard to tell exactly what happened because Coolio says he never gave them permission. And then Weird Al says he said he got the okay. So it, somewhere in the middle, there was just some bizarre Somebody got lost in translation. Somebody either just didn't do their due diligence or somebody didn't give a shit. Who knows? Either way... Coolio was not happy about this and he called him out publicly and said that he hopes Al sells a lot of records, but stay away from them. Like empty threats. Yeah. Well, my favorite part about this is, so when he says like, you know, I hope he sells a lot of records, but of course uh, he does stay away from me. He's interviewing right after the Grammys. He's shining his Grammy while he's fucking saying this. Seriously. Like, <laughs> Really, Coolio? And, like, let's not forget, he's making royalties off this song. So, right. of course he wants them to sell albums. Of course. So, it's it's really transparent watching this clip. 20 years, Heinz. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's been, oh, my God. It's been a lot of years. 20 years, hindsight. To watch it and say, okay, Coolio. Al had no intention of insulting anyone. That's not his Deal. He never does he because never he's does. the nicest fucking guy he's ever. He's the nicest guy. He was blown away that Coolio was not okay with it, that he was mad at him. Um, years down the road, finally, Al and Coolio actually saw each other IRL mm-hmm. and they, you know, Al apologized to him in person and they totally buried the hatchet. Coolio was fine with it. And, you know, he even admits that he was being cocky and should have just embraced the song. Like, he knows he was not necessarily in the right. And now he finds it, quote, actually funny as shit. (laughs) Yo, this song's funny as shit. It is, though! Amish Paradise is fucking hilarious. He can say that now because he probably made a ton of money off of it. Mm. So, good for you, Coolio. I'll see you at the next I Love the 90s tour. Because that's where I saw you last. Yeah, that's right. In your Canadian jumpsuit. That was Canadian. You'll never, you'll never, you guys will never get to hear that story again. It's lost to ether until we get drunk and say it again. It's fine. Basically, I saw him at the I Love the 90s tour and pretty much like Color Me Bad was, was up later than him. So, I mean, he's above Color Me Bad. No, he was not above Color Me Bad. So you're saying, oh, it was him first. Oh, oh my God. And then Color Me Bad. Concert theory. I think. You know, if I remember correctly, all I really remember was Vanilla Ice performing forever. Lights came on. People were streaming out of the arena and he would not stop performing because he's Vanilla Ice. Oh, and he's Vanilla terrib- Ice. And he's terrible. Terrible. Anyway, I digress. Now, at this point, I think it's a great time to talk about... The few artists that Al just was never able to persuade to allow him to recreate their work into his own. It's not, I still think it's good. Just as, I think it's just a good second time around. <laughs> All right. So Jimmy Page refused to let Al do a polka medley of Led Zeppelin songs, which is a mistake because I would fucking love to hear that a polka be, medley yeah. of Led Zeppelin They're like songs. just fucking asking to be made into polka songs. Also, Jimmy Page has no sense of humor, so whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Paul McCartney would not allow Al to turn Live and Let Die into Chicken Pot Pie. 
because he's a strict vegetarian, and McCartney didn't want a song associated with him to condone the consumption of flesh. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. But like, let's not forget... Weird Al is a vegetarian and kind of borderline vegan. He says he's like a vegan that cheats. Al, just eat cheese. It's fine. Cheese is delicious. I'm sorry, vegans, but cheese is delicious. But I mean, it's like... Cheese is my favorite food group, so... Cheese is the best food group. Ten servings a day? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm never pooping again. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, with considering Al is also a vegetarian, it's like, come on, it's it's just in good... You know, it's fine, whatever. (laughs) thanks paul thanks paul you know although chicken pot pie just made me hungry again so eminem also did not want al to make a music video for his parody song of lose yourself called couch potato another artist where i'm like yeah that makes sense but it's weird because it's like you can parody the song but not the video exactly that doesn't make any sense and al assumes that it's just because Eminem would be worried that it would ruin his image, which I don't know why he would. If anything, Weird Al is not going to ruin Eminem's image. Eminem is going to ruin Eminem's image. Seriously. I mean, there's just so much. There's a lot. Actually, now that we talk about him, I'm kind of fascinated. And I see an Eminem Eminem episode in the future. Maybe not near future, because we got a lot planned out already. But like... That's down on the list. But like... I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Going forward, you too refuse to give Al the rights to make a polka medley of their songs. Oh, because of course it's fucking Bono. But they would let him do a parody of Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me, The Batman one? Throw Me, Kill Me. I think Kill Me is always the last one. Sure. Sure. Okay, sure. But yes, it was Batman Forever? I don't know. It's one of the two real bad Batmans. Whatever. Bad Bono. Fuck off to your fucking Irish estate with fucking Enya. But we should talk about that again, how they don't even want him there. Yeah, no, nobody wants him there. Yeah, the Irish don't even want him there. I read an article about Enya and her absolutely gorgeous Irish estate and how Bono is her neighbor and nobody fucking likes him. Oh, I, uh... See, your bushes are going into my yard a little bit. Maybe you should trim a little. Like, he's like the asshole that criticizes everybody else's estate, but then, like, parks his fucking BMW, like, half on the sidewalk. (laughs) Oh, my God, he probably does. (laughs) He's just like, this is my parking space. Oh, fuck you, Bono. (laughs) Like, probably just goes and, like, steals people's bushes. I feel like... And then plants them in front of his own house. We'll inevitably have to do a U2 episode, and it's just gonna be the angriest episode. I feel like Enya has probably caught Bono going through her garbage (laughs) on more than one occasion. (laughs) She's like, Bono, get out of my fucking trash! We could feed the children with this! It's public once it's put on the curb! Oh, I fucking hate you. You're throwing out this nice (laughs) chair? I want it! I'm gonna send it to some starving children in Ethiopia. It's gonna feed them. Just sell your fucking million dollar glasses, asshole. That's how you're gonna feed the fucking kids. I have glaucoma. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's his excuse for wearing douchebag sunglasses. <laughs> for real, though, that's... Yeah, that's what he I said. I didn't... I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he said but that. But you also don't need that expensive glass. You know what? We digress. <laughs> James Blunt let Al parody You're Beautiful as You're Pitiful... However, his label didn't like it. Like, James Blunt's label, Atlanta Records, was all like, don't do it. You're Which is so stupid. Because James Blunt himself actually has a really good sense of humor. Seriously. 
So Al ended up releasing it as a free download. So it's fine. That's Nobody's fine. making any money, so it's not a big deal. There was another saga of misunderstanding with Lady Gaga when Al made a parody of Born This Way as Perform This Way. When he contacted the label first with the lyrics, they claimed they needed to hear it, which was weird because they're like, just, it's just, it's the same, same song, just different lyrics. And it's kind of funny that they wouldn't let him do a parody of Born This Way when Born This Way is just a parody of Vogue. <laughs> Truth bombs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it ripped off Vogue, for real. I love Lady Gaga, but Born This Way is pretty much just a ripoff of Vogue. Oh, I think you're right. And uh, is it Vogue or... Uh, express Yourself. Express Yourself. It's that's Express what Yourself. It that's what it is. That's what it is. We got it. Madonna, irregardless. Yeah. So anyway, so Al and his band recorded it and they sent it and then they rejected it. So Al was kind of really surprised by this because it was really a love letter to Lady Gaga and her unique style. So he ended up putting out a lyric video and kind of explained the situation. Gaga ended up seeing it and she said that she was never told by her company that Al ever wanted to make a song. She was super flattered that he wanted to at all and said, yeah, you have my complete blessing to do whatever you want because she's smart and she understands. Like, that's how you know you made it. So her manager, as Dave Grohl said, as Dave Grohl said, you know, you made it when Weird Al wants to fucking cover you. Exactly. So her manager even admitted afterwards that he made the decision himself and never even showed it to Gaga. Thanks, douche. Thanks, dude. But all the money that Al had made for it went to the human rights campaign to kind of just also. This is very sweet. Yeah. It's, he, he wanted it full circle because he understands that Lady Gaga, you know, is really into um human rights gay rights all that and he wanted to make sure that it completely paid homage to her but the most notorious of all that would turn down al is prince (laughs) because of course because of course al had approached him numerous times for different songs but prince never budged one time al and prince were assigned to sit in the same row at the american music awards and al received a telegram from prince's management company to not make eye contact with the singer Because, of course. Because the purple one does not have a sense of humor. I know. Like, that's kind of, like, really? Like, even to the end, he just did have a sense of humor about it. It made me kind of sad. Although, we saw Purple Rain last night. He doesn't have a sense of humor. That was a pretty funny movie. (laughs) I don't think he meant it to be. He didn't mean it to be. (laughs) Like The Room, but with Prince. Uh, uh... Like, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but. Uh, Prince? Oh, yeah, you've never seen The Room. No, I have not seen The Room. You know, you fucking get on me for, what was it, Reality Bites? You've never seen The Room. That's a bigger deal. (laughs) So, so, whatever. So, in the 90s, Al tried to get involved in creating children's TV. He wanted to make a mix of Mr. Show for Kids and a musical version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. They called it The Weird Al Show. Because, Mm. of course. Duh. Naturally. Unfortunately, between the FCC and CBS, it didn't stand a chance. CBS had the bright idea of having the show's lead-in be the Saturday morning news. And Al would constantly get told that certain things weren't allowed to be on a kid's show, like depictions of gambling and the word barbarian. It only ran for 13 episodes. Because this was back in the time where it was the ni- mid-90s, early to mid-90s, and 
you couldn't show blood, you couldn't show weapons. Right. I, like, if you, I don't know if, how close people listening are to our age, X-Men animated series, the Batman animated series, if you watch those, you'll tell it's all a lot of fist punching, lasers, bright lights, it's no blood, it's no severe injury to anyone. It's, they wouldn't even say the word die or death, really. Yeah. It was a lot of uh, using whatever superpowers you had to just hurt and, like, yeah. push them over. Yeah. That's, you weren't... That's... There was no blood. There was no, like, actual killing. Right. And, and and so it's not super surprising that Al's stuff just wouldn't make it in that time period. It'd probably do great right now, though. So let's go forward a little bit. And at this point, we're going to hit up getting towards the next century... We're approaching a cultural zeitgeist, and it's taking a noticeable shift. We're all beginning to welcome this newfangled thing called the internet, and whispers of a world-ending event called Y2K was starting to make its rounds. So what better time is there to shake up your life with a hot new look? (laughs) Weird Al released Running With Scissors in 1999 and unveiled a man who did not have a mustache, nor was he wearing glasses. And he also had very long, curly hair. That, that, I truly missed that caterpillar mustache. Yeah, sometimes I just wish he'd just put on one just for funsies. But, like, every time I see some, like, creepy hipster dude and they have one of those mustaches, it's like, you got a weird owl mustache. But, like, you're not wearing it well. Nobody wears it well. Oh. Nobody wears it well. No. But, you know, he got LASIK. And, and Al just thought it was time for a change. Yeah. He reasoned that if Madonna is allowed to change her look every 20 years, why can't he? And now we're approaching another 20 years. I'm really curious if he's going to change his look yeah. again. Maybe he'll revert <sighs> back to the little orphan Annie look that he had before. <laughs> or maybe he'll do something completely different. Like, I am fascinated. Al, do something different. I want to see you know if what? you do. Dye your hair purple so you can match us. Oh, be our friend and be purple. Yay. Purple friends. <laughs> so in addition to a new look, he also got married. He met his wife, Suzanne Krajewski, through mutual friend, Bill Mummy. Mummy? Mummy. And in 2001, These are hard words. <sighs> Four beers, guys. <laughs> hard words. But like you said I want earlier, which no one heard, but, but they will now. Imagine if she's hyphenated her name I to hope Suzanne she did. Krajewski Yankovic. <laughs> or even worse, Yankovic. like, imagine if she didn't, but then they gave their... So they also had a daughter and I believe, 2003. And imagine if they just gave her the hyphenated that's, name. That's a lot of k- sounds. Yeah. I feel bad for her teachers if that's what happened. <laughs> so Running With Scissors saw the song The Saga Begins, a Star Wars Episode one based parody of American Pie by Don McLean. Arguably the only good thing to come out of the prequels. Don absolutely loves Al's version, as do his children. Apparently they listen to it so much that when Don sings his original on stage, he has to be careful not to sing Al's lyrics. But the even more crazy thing about this fucking song is that the movie wasn't even released when Al wrote it. He came up with the entire song based on internet spoilers. And Al wasn't allowed to... Wasn't invited to any, like, um, you know, special red carpet events, so he had to go to a pre-screening. He had to pay to go to a pre-screening. Because <laughs> apparently George Lucas didn't think Weird Al was good enough to go to something. <laughs> George Lucas. George Lucas shouldn't think anybody isn't good enough 
to see his movies. Right? So, Al paid to go to a pre-screening, and afterwards, he only needed to make minor changes. So, good job, internets. Yeah. Seriously. Even like, back then. It's like 99. Sweet spoilers. It's 98, 99, and we still had spoilerific websites. Yep. So, Running With Scissors, super successful record, and later on in 2003, Al releases Poodle Hat, which doesn't do great commercially. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I, I don't think I ever even heard of Poodle Hat. It's got a couple good ones. Again, I think the, the Poke Medley's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Al puts on great Poke Medleys. But you I, can always rely on that. But. I definitely remember everybody making a really big deal about running with scissors. But Poodle Hat? Yeah, that really fell no. under the radar. It might have been the fact that he couldn't use pa- Couch Potato as a video single, so I'm not really quite sure. But Thanks, just, Eminem. Thanks, Eminem. But it just, it just didn't do quite as well. As Al stated himself, the worst thing to happen to him came in 2004 with the sudden death of his parents, Nick and Mary, due to carbon monoxide poisoning. At the same time? Yeah, same time, out of nowhere. It's yeah. it's not a it's a really terrible way to go. That's really rough. Yeah, and it was really hard on Al because of course he's very close to his parents. He's had a great relationship with them his whole life. So when Al heard the news, he was on tour and decided instead of canceling the show, he would perform anyway, stating, quote, I've heard from so many people over the years that my music has cheered them up in times of tragedy. Well, I thought maybe my music would help me too. Staying on the tour was sort of a therapy for Al. Performing his high-energy shows to huge, adoring fans is definitely one solid way to keep your mind off of something that terrible. Yeah, and sometimes you need humor in order to be able to get through the grief seriously um like i've said before my family definitely uses humor as a way to get through the really shitty times especially if somebody has passed away like there's just something about having a sense of humor that really helps you get through even the toughest toughest of times right yeah, like, uh, you know, I lost my mom to cancer years back, and uh, me and my siblings, probably the darkest of humor, but we... It has to e- be dark humor. It has to, to be, and like, but yeah. we just kept each other laughing. Yeah, that's that's what you Sometimes have to do. Sometimes at people's expense, but you know what? When you're grieving, you're allowed to have things like that. And a lot of people will look at you and be like, why the fuck are you laughing hysterically while you're in a church at a funeral? But sometimes you gotta do that. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Sometimes that's just how people deal with it. Death is a weird fucking thing. Yeah. But, you know, people gotta deal with it too. So, a couple years later, Al releases his 2006 album, Straight Outta Linwood. Probably my favorite, because it's so fucking good. It was a good one. And it includes the hit White and Nerdy, a parody of Chameleon Airs Riding... Yay, you said it right. But then I said riding (laughs) instead of riding. You got one of the words right. That's fine. you know what? I'll take it. You got the important word correct. This this became the ultimate nerd anthem. And not only that, but Weird Al legit raps in it. (laughs) This album really highlights how much he has progressed as a musician and a comedian. This album also features the Rage Against the Machine pastiche called I'll Sue Ya, which is so good. I love it. Every time you say the word pastiche, I think of pasties, which are hand pies, and that makes me hungry. Oh, God, I'm so fucking hungry. I haven't eaten in 
eight hours. It's fine. Also, <laughs> the album also has a parody of R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet, which aptly is redone as Trapped in the Drive-Thru and is hilarious and I love it. As I mentioned Because he was in Taco Bell, right? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was probably like in a McDonald's-esque Yeah, McDonald's is the worst. You can really get stuck in a drive-thru there. Taco Bell has you out. Like, even the longest of Taco Bell lines, they're like, we know you need your food and we know you need it now. Also, it's McDonald's usually sucks. Because it's usually 2 a.m. and you're really hungry at 2 a.m. after a long night of drinking. Or tr- yeah, I was gonna say, or you're drunk or high and you're yep. fucking passengers and you're like, I want all the food! Which is exactly what happened the last time I went to Taco Bell and all of you were in my car. Sorry. I found so many shreds of bright orange cheese in my backseat <laughs> the, the next day. <laughs> Pretty sure they're still there because I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. I've done that so many times. <laughs> I've had so many people tell me. So I found a lot of cheese in my backseat, Maggie. I'm sorry I was real drunk. You were in I the needed... front seat, though. No, Emily was in the front seat. Oh, it was you. It was me. <laughs> it was a hundred percent me. <laughs> Might have been Beth too. You Were know. you sitting in the middle? No. Then who was sitting in the middle? Beth. It was Beth. Yeah. <laughs> Calling you out, podcast style, <laughs> Beth. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, we now have the internet, and this shit is everywhere. Pretty much everybody has it, and this doesn't benefit anyone better than Weird Al, except for maybe Chris Hansen. Of To Catch a Predator. Because how else are you going to call somebody over? How are you? Go- how else will you catch a predator? Without a chat room and cookies. So Al was made for distributing his music, his music digitally. Now he could stay on top of all the fads, the memes, and whatever else before they went out of style. His MySpace was frequently updated with new material and any songs he didn't have full permission to release. He could just put out whatever he wanted on his website and people could just hear it for free. Yeah. And this, I mean, he was always pretty topical. He was Mm -hmm. always pretty quick to get um, his parodies out while the songs that he was parodying were still popular. But with the internet, with MySpace and everything, he could instantly make a parody Two weeks after the song just came out. Right. And, and then post it. Immediately post it and it's still relevant. Right. It's perfect for him. So Al really wasn't bothered by digital downloading. Straight Outta Linwood features a song called Don't Download This Song. It's kind of a We Are The World style tease about taking the music piracy too seriously. And reminds me of the System of a Down album, Steal This Album. Right. Because they're like, just fucking take it. We don't yeah. give a shit. Because we are the anti-Lars Ul- Ulrich. And Ulrich. we want you to download. Right. Like, just fucking, <laughs> whatever, listen to Lars, it. Lars. give a shit. Talking to you. So, using lyrics to call out those who are legally downloading songs as, quote, evil, hard-bitten, criminal scum. <laughs> it was totally tongue-in-cheek satirical. Al doesn't give a fuck. Because on top of everything, he just released a single for free. He didn't care. A few years had passed, and Al didn't really release any albums. Around 2009, there's nothing coming out. Al has no intention of putting anything out. So his label released the EP Internet Leaks that contained five songs that were previously released digitally. So he's still, like, he's really feeling this fucking digital Mm -hmm. internet thing. More years were passing, and fans grew impatient. 
And Al was getting kind of nervous for the next big artist. He was kind of needing really like another Michael Jackson, a Madonna, there was nothing. a Kurt Cobain. He needed somebody. It was a musical desert. It really was. So then finally Lady Gaga comes along and was only getting weirder by the single. So then he creates the song in the music video for Perform This Way that I had mentioned earlier. And this video is an homage to Lady Gaga's crazy fashion fashion choices. Al is changing his outfits line by line. And it's actually really cool because it's supposed to be Weird Al, but it's actually a body double, I guess, for lack of a better term. And uh, they superimpose his face on the person, okay. the woman who's dancing. So she's doing these amazing dance moves while constantly changing the way she looks. <laughs> and it's a fantastic video. It's such a perfect homage to Lady Gaga. It's all in love and it's great. You know, just like Teen Spirit, he wanted to prove like, hey, I have a total affection for you and I'm going to prove it by being total satire. Yeah. So the album itself was released in 2011, Alpocalypse. It did really well. Alpocalypse. Alpocalypse. <gasps> oh, oh my god, the so cover's good. amazing, and it's got the four horsemen of the apocalypse, except one of them's Weird Al, and he's just like, I'm Weird Al. Hey <laughs> <laughs> <Hi> guys. <laughs> it got nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Comedy. Oh, you're just done. You're done. She's done, guys. I don't even know what the cover looks like, but I have an image of it in my head, and it's fucking if I hilarious. If I didn't outlaw cell phones in the recording room, I would show it I'm to gonna you. I'm going to look it up later, oh, and then no, I'm yeah. going to laugh hysterically all over again. Because it's fucking hilarious. Hey, guys. And no, it really is, though. Like, he's like, weird Al fucking waving with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Hey, guys. Look at me. Hi. Weird Al. Guess where I am. I'm in the apocalypse. I'm in the apocalypse. God, he's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> <laughs> the album reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 200 list. And, you know, Al's on cloud nine, not just because he reached number nine in the album. Oh, shut up. Boom! <laughs> But no, seriously, I mean, at this point, this is the highest he's ever reached, so he's super ecstatic, and it is a really fun album. A couple years pass, and during June of 2014, Al began to subtly hint to a potential album release date through his social media. Then, on July 15th, he released his 14th studio album, Mandatory Fun. He decided this would be his final traditional album. Because, let's face it, he's doing a lot better just... releasing stuff online yeah and he's enjoying it more it's actually a format that really benefits his style of music yeah i mean you can download everything off the internet it just works better for his style to release songs as they come instead of making a whole album and then risking songs becoming irrelevant yeah because honestly especially now shit comes in and out within weeks yeah but this was the album where he decided to um, make a video for for each track. Right? Almost every track. So yeah. it was in order pr- to promote, uh, he made videos for eight out of the 12 tracks. And he released one a day starting the day before its release. Mm-hmm. So on July 14th. And Al basically claims that the internet's the new MTV and it operates continuously. He was like, I'm just going to release a song for, or a video, excuse me. He's going to release a video for every song that really warranted one. I remember the tacky one. I remember foil. And this was really 
I feel like this was, and maybe it was the way he released it, but this one I just vividly have so much yeah. memory on. And I actually really, really liked Word Crimes. Oh my god, I love, because here's which, the thing, I liked the beat and the rhythm. But I hated the message fucking, of the original. Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines was a I love fucking Al, horrible song. Weird Al took the shittiest, rapiest song. Yep. And was like. I'm going to make it hilarious. And I'm also, like, sometimes a bit of an English Nazi. And also, I really relate to it because all of the pr- all of the word crimes that he describes in that song, I feel you with oh, that. I can't even think, but does he cover the I couldn't care less? Because that is what grinds my no, gears. No, he does not. But does he also, cover I, feel, I feel you with that. Also, no, also hey guys, not you know with what? the S's. You know what? You couldn't care less. Because yeah. if you could care less... That means you care. Yeah, right, exactly. And if, unless you're going to more than one Walmart, wait, if you're going to more than one Walmart, then you are going to Walmarts. Otherwise, you are going to Walmart. Yeah. You are also not going to Barnes and Nobles. You are going to Barnes and Noble. One. Just uno. Also, you are not going to Walmarts with an apostrophe because that implies that you are going to something that Walmart owns. I'm going to go to Walmart's parking lot. They don't. That's when you can use it. Wow, this is turning into an English lesson. Ugh, I don't care how many beers I have. I know what grinds my gears English-wise. <laughs> Math, I fucking suck at, but fucking English. really frost your cookies. Ooh. It's a good God, one, right? God, I'm so hungry. I know. I'm really fucking hungry. <laughs> We're going to break into those Girl Scout cookies after this. Oh, can we? Yes. Oh, so let me tie yes. this all up with a nice little bow. Yeah, because I want fucking Girl Scout cookies. So mandatory fun... Was the first number one album in the United States for Weird Al. Better way to end your traditional album legacy on than fucking hitting number one. Yeah. So good for you. And just to really fucking quickly touch upon it, you know, Weird Al's really known for his intense over the top live shows. You know, they're littered with costume changes and not just for himself, but his bandmates. Uh, it, it gets so high energy. He- Does. Bermuda Schwartz changes Bermuda shorts. Oh, he does. A lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been known to dress in fat suits and drag and so much shit. So they, they get into it. You know, he's still with the same guys that he was with from the beginning. So they're ride or die bitches. When you find something that works, you stick with it. Seriously. However, at the current moment, Al is on a much more low-key tour called the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. And it features original songs, no parodies. So it's just mm. the pastiches. And the, pa- the pasties? Pastiches. <laughs> and there are no costume changes. It's almost an MTV Unplugged type of feel. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all kind of sitting around on the stage. He probably moves around a little bit, but nothing like to what he does normally. Yeah. He performs in smaller venues and he gets kind of a more intimate feel. And opening for him is comedian and friend Emo Phillips. So it's nice because he has a nice comedian open up for him. Yeah. And he goes into, it's kind it's, of like going back to his roots. Yeah. He's just really kind of having a good time and trying something different. Uh, my husband, Mike, and our friend Randy went to it and they said it was a really good show. However, I have heard that if you've never gone to a Weird Al show before, do not go to this one as your first. Yeah. This is for those hardcore Weird yeah. Al fans. If you're like a casual... Weird Al fan, and you want to hear all the parodies and Amish Paradise and whatever, yeah. don't go don't. to this. If you're one. a filthy casual, don't go to this. But if you're down to 
Weird Al clown, Mm -hmm. this is it for you. So, I mean, arguably, Al is going stronger than ever now. The internet is such a fucking strong suit This was definitely his, uh, this is his era. Yeah, it really is. It was just built for Weird Al. Like, he's family friendly, so kids love him. He even put out a kid's book. And I mean, with the internet, he can stay on top of all the fads and on top of everything. Social media gets to keep him engaged with his fans and other artists. You know, just last month, he released a new song, The Hamilton Polka, which is one of his classic polka medleys, which I am love with. <laughs> and it is to set to Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical Hamilton, which is super fucking popular right now. So it's like he understands what people want to hear. He also last month released two polka remixes of Portugal the Man's latest singles, uh, Feel It Still and um, Live in the Moment. And I mean, that's those are... Tell me those aren't the two songs you hear the most on the fucking radio right now. Yeah. And it, he... He gets it. It's kind of fun because he's kind of bringing polka to mainstream. Which is really kind of awesome. Because people may make fun of polka and it might be like the butt of a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. Polka's really fucking fun. Are you saying that because you go to Musa a lot? No. <laughs> <laughs> she is. No, polka is actually really fun. It is. If you also, know how to polka dance. Musa is a Polish restaurant. Yo, I went polka to Polka is German. Peril, like, I went to their, their fucking day. Like Dingus Day. No, it was in October. It wasn't Dingus Day. And they were playing a bunch of polka music. They do play a lot of polka. I Come mean, for me. Polka is not strictly German. I'm but. fully aware of that. But who is strictly German? Strictly German. Not me. <laughs> not I'm me. a little German. I'm not at all German. I'm an eighth German. I'm just raw Irish and French. Also, 99.9% white. Finally. <laughs> Al shows absolutely no signs of slowing down. And I just want to say, honestly, like, a guy as nice and as creative and as hardworking as Al Yankovic deserves every bit of success that he gets. Absolutely. He fucking has earned it. And if you don't give him his due, eat a dick. <laughs> Coolio. Well, no, he does now. But that's the <laughs> thing. It's like, even people who didn't want to give him his due, like, give him his due now. Okay, Bono. No, he let him do a song. Oh, did he? And those who oh yeah, that and Batman I guess those one. who didn't give him his due are dead. Paul McCartney Prince. isn't dead. Oh, god damn it! Yeah, <laughs> I went there. Welcome to Rock Candy, where we bring you there. <laughs> I might edit this out. I've had four beers. This is more than what we usually do. All right, let's just. We need to end it. We actually went longer on the second run than we did on the first. I don't even want to fucking edit this tomorrow. Oh, son of a bitch. Thank you everyone so much for listening to us and supporting us. And I'd like to just say again, we love you because we stayed up a lot later so we could re-record the episode. We did and this redo twice. It. We did this twice because we knew how fucking important it was to certain people. <laughs> so we love of you. All the episodes for the audio to fuck up on. And this was a good one. Oh, it I think our first one, one was really on point. It doesn't matter. We did it again. I think it's gonna be fine. Thank you all so much. Honestly, we super appreciate it. We're really grateful. Yes. But follow us on all the things. Yep. The um, Instagram and Facebook at Rock Candy Podcast and Twitter at Rock Candy Pod. www.rockcandypodcast.com is our website. You can email us through there if you'd like. 
you know, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You know, we're on all, both of those things. We're Google Play, tune in. We're got, you know, podcatchers, whatever you need to do. But, you know, keep listening to us because we're fun and we're dedicated. God damn it. <laughs> so, if, if tonight proves anything, we're fucking we are dedicated. fucking dedicated. I'm going to fucking touch myself tonight. You, yeah. No, I'm going to eat and fall asleep. That's what I'm, I'm going to do. Yeah. You're going to get some hot jizz balls and then you'll fall asleep. My God, can we get Taco Bell <laughs> delivery though? <sighs> we can try. We can try. Party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.